welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today my guest is Rich Lewis. Rich is an author, speaker, and coach who focuses on centering prayer as a means of inner transformation. His newest book is Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. So welcome, Rich. So nice to have you here. Great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yes, it's such a pleasure. So I wanted to start by just talking about centering prayer. So, um, you know, the podcast is The Meditation Conversation, and um, I believe that there is definitely some overlap between centering prayer and meditation. So I kind of want, would love to drill down into that a little bit. Can you first just start by clarifying how you would define centering prayer? Sure. So centering prayer actually is, is a practice, basically meditation, as well as a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's silent prayer. It's wordless prayer. And it was a quick history. It was created in the early 1970s by, by three Trappist monks, so three Catholic priests. They saw, uh, in the community, they saw a lot of meditation occurring, I think particularly transcendental meditation, and they wanted something for the Christian community. Mm-hmm. So they created Centering Prayer, which is considered, as I said, meditation as well as a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So that's so it is meditation, mm-hmm. and then and we either can do this now or, or later, whenever it makes sense. I can describe how you do it mm-hmm. as well, right? So when you say with God, I mean a lot of people who have meditation practices that that is a very fundamental piece of it is their relationship with God, um, and not in every practice. I think with you know mindfulness in particular, that can be a great gateway into a deeper meditation where you're you're really more focused on stilling the body and kind of just being aware of the present moment. Um, But for a lot of people, meditation is also a a deep connection with God. Is it like a scripture um, basis that kind of um, holds the Christianity piece that you're talking about? I mean, I guess, yes, it's Based upon Matthew six six, you know, going into your inner room, mm-hmm. um, and why don't I quickly describe how you do it? Because it's consi- what you do during centering your prayer is you're opening to the presence and actions of God within. Mm-hmm. So to do centering prayer, you sit comfortably with your eyes closed, and then to begin your prayer, you introduce interiorly a word, one, two, three syllable words. It could be love, ocean. It could be a color. So it's mm-hmm. some type of word. And that connotes you're beginning your prayer. And then whenever you engage your thoughts, and what I mean by that is whenever you begin planning what you're going to do after your sit or where you begin thinking about all the things you were doing before your sit, you realize you're, you're, you're not sitting and opening to the presence and actions of God within. You're doing your own planning and plotting. So you reintroduce the, the word just to let go of these engaged thoughts. And then you let go of that word as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you do that when needed during the duration of your silent sit, whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes, that's what you do when needed during your time. 
-hmm. And I'll say one other thing. You don't have to use a word. I actually use an interior image. If you're more of an, if you're an auditory person, you might want to use a word. And I started with a word and then Mm -hmm. I realized I'm more of a visual person. So I use an interior image that I sort of bring to my mind. Mm -hmm. Some people are more physical people. They want to use their breath. Mm -hmm. And then some people don't want to close their eyes where they're concerned they'll fall asleep and take a nap. So they stare at a spot five or six feet ahead on the floor, perhaps. So you can use different methods to bring yourself back. But but that's essentially how you do the practice. And are you given that word? Do you and does it change over time? You, it's, it's something you come up with, um, mm-hmm. and, and then you use the same word during during the sit. So don't switch during the sit because then you'll spend your time pondering, you know, right. what should my next word be? So yeah. you use the same word or, or I'll say the same method throughout the sit. And then if you find, you know, that doesn't work for you, switch. Mm-hmm. So, for, for example, and I'm being funny when I say this, but if you use the word beach and you spend your time thinking about the beach and the waves and the sand, maybe you want to use a different word because then you're really not sitting and opening to the presence and actions of God and letting go of your thoughts. You're, you're meditating on the on the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you might want to use a different word. And, and then the only other thing I'll say, it's not, a, and there are mantra-based meditations centering prayer. It's not a mantra where you're just saying it over and over again. You're, you're saying it just when needed, because sometimes you find you naturally bring yourself back without your sacred method as well. Okay. But the word can change. It's you kind of invoke your own word and it can vary from time to time. You don't change it throughout your one particular session, but you may have one word that's appropriate today and a different word for tomorrow. You could. I mean, you, you could change. You can change the word when, when it really makes sense for you. So I've actually used the same image for years at this point. But yes, you can. If, if you can change the word. Just don't change it during your sit. Right, right. Don't let it become a distraction, really. Right, exactly. Yeah. So um, you've said that centering prayer has changed your life. I mean, you haven't said it since we've been talking, but I did read that you said that. <laughs> Um, can you talk about how it's changed your life? Sure. And the first thing I'll say is with, with centering prayer, I mean, we, we sit really just to let go of ourselves and open to God and, and let mm-hmm. God transform us and heal us. And we sit really because we just love God and want to mm-hmm. have a, a deeper relationship. But I, for me, I, I've noticed, I guess, fruits of the practice outside of my prayer time. And I think that's the neat mm-hmm. thing is I think it's unique for each practitioner so when I look at my life and, and, I can, and I think about after I've been practicing centering prayer as compared to before I was practicing centering prayer, you know, I am a different person. I'm, I'm a much more confident person. I'm a much more calmer person. I think I'm less reactive and more willing to listen to, to people rather than immediately react. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people don't want us to react. They simply want us to listen. Yeah. And it's also, I think, Centering Prayer has given me nudges just to get out of my comfort zone and try and do new things. So it's Centering Prayer has, you know, produced a lot of fruits in my life, such as those. Mm, That's beautiful. Beautiful fruits. I mean, those are priceless. They are. They are. I mean, I have experienced a similar, that was one of the, um, you know, one of the most fundamental earlier benefits that I was receiving from meditation was just what you're talking about. That space before we react is just 
so vital. You know, it's it's in this modern world, and I'm sure throughout time, that has um, been so imperative. But particularly, I think in today's world that, that is just it's fast paced, or it can be. You know, it can be very fast paced, and and it can be easy to kind of get caught up in that to the extent that our reactions are quick too. You know, because we're just moving very quickly through life. Um, and you know, I'm a parent, so when, you know, that has been very valuable just to have that space between being triggered and then responding and, you know, being thoughtful about the response and, you know, it's not perfect, but it's definitely way better than it was before, you know, before adopting a practice like meditation or centering prayer for sure. No. Um, and, and another thing too, is I sit, cause I sit twice. I like to sit twice a day as much as possible. So I start my day with the, with my sit. And for me, it really just reconnects me to God, reconnects me to life and prepares me to begin the day. Mm-hmm. And then I, I take a second sit in the early afternoon before lunch and, and I need that sit. So no matter how busy I am at work, because some people will say, well, I don't have time to sit or I don't have time for a second sit. And it really has a way of giving you back time mm-hmm. because really the, this, and I find after I do the sit and then much later in the day, I take a look back and, and I realize I was very productive and I, and I got through the day, the second half of the day because of my centering prayer sit. Mm-hmm. So because the, the letting go posture you do in centering prayer continues outside of your prayer time where you let go of the things that you don't need to focus on right there and then, and you can hone in and better focus on what you need to get done. So I find, you know, I very much need my second sit as well. It helps me finish the day. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's a, a wonderful point. Um, it, it really does give us that, um, that time. It's like, kind of like the brain sort of just gets time to sort of reorganize or or realign or something as well. Um, I remember years and years ago, a couple of decades ago, um, when I was I was a computer programmer, and I remember distinctly this one afternoon trying to trying to fix this code, and I just couldn't get something to work, and I, I couldn't figure it out. And I I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm just going to take a quick break. Just as soon as I get this little bug and get to the bottom of it, and I just couldn't, 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 couldn't figure it out. And I got to the point where I just couldn't not take a break anymore. I was like, I'm just going to have to get up. And it was like I got up and I took, you know, I walked down the hallway and then I just saw it in my mind's eye. I saw right where the issue was in the code. It was like the code just came right into my mind and I could see it. But I needed, and I wasn't a meditator at the time, but it's a, it just shows the value of that break, of stepping away, stepping aside so that things can fall in, so that, so that we can receive. You know, it was like I was getting in, literally getting in my own way because I was trying to think my way through it, like completely working on the intellect and trying to solve this problem. But it was such a, a lesson for me in the value of giving myself that space. And so you take it to a whole other level when you deliberately go and sit to be with God and to just clear and connect 
to something higher. And um, so it's really, really beautiful and very well, well said. Good reminder for everybody. No, and that reminds me, that kind of similar type of thing happened to me on a Saturday a few months ago at work. I was working through something, not on Saturday, but during the regular work week, and I couldn't figure out the best way to attack a problem. And then all of a sudden, I'm driving my daughter to, to work. She works at Wawa, and I'm dropping her off, and then I'm driving home. And then into my, and I wasn't even thinking about the problem. Into my head pops the solution, which when I got home, I, I wrote it down. Um, and then tried it on Monday and, and it worked. So it, similar, it just rem- yeah. the time, our time away from work, um, all of a sudden things pop into our heads and I wasn't even looking for the answer. I was just simply driving back home and it popped into my head. It's fascinating, <laughs> isn't it? So fascinating, so mysterious how we work. It is. <laughs> Where that inspiration drops in. That's beautiful. So let's talk about your latest book, Sitting with God. Um, just can you just tell us what what it is, what inspired you to write it, and what uh, the readers are finding? Sure, sure. Um, what I guess what inspired me to write it was, um, you know, I, I began practicing centering prayer in June of 2014, and I. I found Centering Prayer in a book. Um, it, I was looking for a book to read on Amazon in late 2013, and I and I found a book by Amos Smith called Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots. And in his book, he talked about a practice he does in the silence called Centering Prayer that he had been doing for about 15 years or so up to that point. And it just immediately intrigued me because I always was had been attracted to silence. I just didn't really know what to do in, in, the, in the silence. So... I began practicing. I well, actually I reached out to him and began an, an email dialogue, and then since then you know, we're, we're now friends, and we've been friends for a long number of years. And I began working with him on his website. So he he is actually the one that said I should write a book. He had mm-hmm. written a book, and he was in the middle of writing his second book, and he thought I had some interesting things to say, and he thought he thought it just be a very much different approach and different way for people to read about silence and centering prayer than his book. So he encouraged me to write a book and, and helped me, mentor me through the process. So, so I took him up on it and, and began writing the book on Saturday, Saturday mornings, because um, I didn't want to take time away from the family. So I began, I would get, I believe it or not, I got up at about 530 Went over, went over to the, just put on a baseball cap, got my laptop, and just went over to the local Starbucks, bought a cup of coffee, opened the laptop, and began writing the book. And we do that on most Saturdays from about 6 to 9, 6 to 10. That way, when I came back, everybody was kind of up and moving, and then I could do stuff with the family. Mm-hmm. So that's really how the book, that's how I stumbled into Centering Prayer. And then it was just through my friendship with Amos Smith, who challenged me to write a book, and then kind of mentored me through the process that I actually wrote the book, and then it published last August, so almost a year ago. Oh, beautiful. So the book is, is it is it kind of a guide to how like a how to um for centering prayer it's it's a it's a couple things really i guess it's yes it's it's you know what it's for it's kind of for everyday common people so it's not an academic book it's it's just you know what is centering prayer how do you do centering prayer 
a little bit of my theology and where I'm at with, with God. And then it also shares my journey and how it has healed and transformed me and, and how it could do the same for, for people that try it. So it's, it's a little bit of all of that. We're, and I guess exactly think about the title, Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. So it, it shares my journey using Centering Prayer to connect to my true self. Mm. Well, let's talk about the true self. Can you can you describe a little bit what you mean by the true self? Sure. So for, for me, my true self is is becoming, and, and and it's the journey. So there doesn't have an endpoint. So it's it's letting go during centering prayer and connecting to the person God wants me to be, whether it's even the person and actions I need to take that day, or connecting to who who is this person I need to grow into. So it's really just. You know, the person God wants you to be, the actions God wants you to, to take. So then the next question probably becomes, well, how do you know that? And how do you know you're, you're, you're <laughs> acting in that manner? So for me, this is what's worked for me, and, and maybe it'll change in the future. But right now, I'll call it my true self uh, barometer. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm a big believer in affirmations. So I, I jot them down in my iPad. And an affirmation is really just a single sentence on what I want to do, whether it's related to my mental or physical health or related to my career or related to things I want to do with my family or things I want to do with my website Mm -hmm. or maybe the next book I want to write. So I jot down sentences that are things that I, that I think are important to me that I want to do that I want to accomplish. And then I, I read them actually before my centering prayer sits and then I let them go to God. And then outside of my centering prayer sits, I continue to move forward on them. If, you know, one, there's still an excitement about them. There's an inner peace and, and calm about them. You know, I might be nervous to do them because they're outside of my comfort zone, but, I, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't do them. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, as long as they don't harm me or harm others, you know, I continue to move forward on them. So that's kind of the barometer I've been using for the last couple of years, and I'm constantly reading them tweaking them and then just kind of moving forward on, on the different true self affirmations that I have, have written down on my iPad. Mm, that's beautiful. When you're in centering prayer, can you feel like a shift when you um, kind of connect with that true self? Does that make sense? I mean, I understand what how you're describing it. Um, and I feel that, you know, I guess in my own experience with meditation, you know, there are times where there's a fullness, for example, or, or some kind of a more etheric feeling that comes in that feels so much bigger than me, you know, that feels like it just a, a filling or light or, um, and to me, that's kind of how I relate I might call it my higher self, for example, but um, but you know it's just different language for for this universal kind of more um, omnipresent presence that's available to everybody. So I'm just curious if if that uh, when you're actually in your practice, if you can kind of sense a shift where it, that you kind of connect more deeply with that. And I do. I mean, during centering prayer, you feel different, different mm-hmm. things. 
but I guess the practice we we let go of everything, including our emotions and what we're feeling. So yes, you I might feel strong inner peace, or I might feel a strong emotion, whether it's peace or or it can be anxiety or worry. Mm-hmm. But with the practice, what we do is we we even let go of that. So we let go of our thoughts racing through our mind. We let go of any emotions um, that start coming up and come back to you know the present moment with our sacred words. So yes, I do feel different things like that, but then I, I let go of them and then just continuously open to the presence and actions of God within. Mm-hmm. Great. So do you have one suggestion for someone who wants to begin implementing today centering prayer um, how they can set themselves on a journey of transformation? Sure. I would say, you know, make it the first thing you do to start your day. So take baby steps. So maybe even just start with five minutes and make it the first thing you do before you begin your day. Because I think some people wonder, when should I do it and how long should I do it? So if, if five minutes would and to make it the first thing you do and then begin your day. So that, that's the first thing I, I like to tell people. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Excellent. Um, how can listeners find out more about you and about your book, your offerings? Sure. The best place to find me is at silenceteaches.com. So when they come to my site, um, if, they, if they're interested in exploring Centering Prayer, I have a free ebook on my site. So when you subscribe, um, you can learn more about Centering Prayer. It's just a short 10, 12 um, page book that the top starts with a question and then it answers it. And then if they want to further explore Centering Prayer, they can check out my book, which is on my website as well. And then I have other things on my website. I have some people want coaching on how to, how to start because they, they want some help or others are already practicing and they want to go deeper in their practice. And then I actually even have a third group of people that I get reached out to is people in ministry whether they're pastors or priests, reach out to me because they realize that they're burning themselves out and they need help with self-care and they're helping everybody else except themselves. So they want me to help them and hold them accountable for self-care. So I offer coaching on my site. And then I do uh, some, I do guest speaking. So people will have reached out to me that have centering prayer groups and I join them and guest speak where I've spoken in front of spiritual director groups, for example, I've been introduced. So, but to answer your question, the, my, silenceteaches.com is the, be, is the best place to find me and, and what I'm doing and what I'm up to. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'll be sure to have a link to that in the show notes. So is there anything else that you want to share as we wrap up here? I would simply just encourage people to try it, you know, try mm-hmm. centering prayer, try it first thing in the morning and, and give it 30 days and, and see if it works for you and, and see how it helps you and, and how it um, can ch- change um, things for you. And don't give up on any other forms of prayer or meditation you might do. Complement it with centering prayer. So see if it's something that will work for you. And if it is, then you know, dig deep in this well and then begin lengthening the time and, uh, and, and, and add a second sit at some point in the day as well. And if you have to take baby steps with that, start with five minutes and work your way up until you en- end up having a twice a day practice of perhaps 20 minutes each time. That is beautiful advice. And I, I really love that um, setting that goal to 
to stick with it because you mentioned in the beginning of our conversation uh, many of the fruits that have been born from your practice. Um, and those things take perseverance. You know, they take some time to develop. So, um, you know, I remember I was a very much a stop, start, stop, start meditation, you know, for years, I would get drawn to it. There was always something about it um, that intrigued me. And so I would, you know, I'm going to start a meditation practice. And I really didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I was just supposed to be still and then my mind would be still. And, you know, as you and I both know, it takes time to get to that place where you understand that like the mind doesn't just stop like that. And, but you can influence it and you can assist it in becoming, you know, more of a, uh, you know, more submissive to the moment. Um, but it does take perseverance. So, you know, I think my expectations when I kept being intrigued by meditation were like, oh, I'm just not giving myself the time to stop my mind. So now I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to stop it on purpose. And, uh, and then I would end up giving up after, you know, a few days of being like, oh my God, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> you know. And so um, that giving yourself time and and I, I suspect it's similar with centering prayer as it is in meditation, where once you do give yourself that time and you um, are you give yourself consistency as well. So it's not just once a week. It's not just once every, you know, five days. It's every day. And it starts to build on itself. And you do start finding more of the more of the space in between the triggers like you were talking about and more of that peace outside of your meditation. I mean, you'll definitely, well, you will very likely feel it, feel peaceful during your centering prayer, um, as you mentioned, but it's the the what you notice outside of your centering prayer time where the rubber really starts to hit the road and you start to really feel that transformation. Um, but again, it takes time, and it uh, luckily some of those uh, benefits are kind of low hanging fruit um, that you will, you know, it it takes patience and practice and consistency, and it doesn't really take too long before you start to feel some of those benefits. So. No, I mean, that's exactly right. And then uh, to borrow, I, I was on a podcast yesterday and to borrow from the, the gentleman, the host, he also had been practicing centering prayer about one year. And he, and he, and he meant this in a nice way. He said, it's really become not a non-negotiable event in my life. You know, I need it. He says he thinks of it as, you know, he has to take a shower, he has to eat, he has to brush his teeth, and he has to do his centering prayer. But he meant it in, in a good way and that it has become a part of his life. So you can make meditation or contemplative prayer or some type of centering prayer practice um, or whatever your method you're choosing kind of a non-negotiable event in your life that that is just a part of your life and and much much needed and, and you can't imagine your life without it right yeah I love that perfect 
Good. Well, Rich, thank you again. Thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure to talk to you and learn more about Centering Prayer. And like I said, I will be putting the links in the show notes so that listeners can go out and, uh, and explore more of your offerings. No, thanks for having me on. And, and I hope that this is something your listeners will find helpful for them as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Sure. Take care. You too. And thank you for listening. Please feel free to share this episode. You can rate, review, subscribe. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.